Hi and welcome to the Journalism Salute. I'm Mark Simon. In each episode, we'll talk to or about an interesting person or organization related to journalism. The intent is to show that journalists are not the enemy of the people. Thank you for listening. On this episode, we're joined by Kajada Ba. Kajada is an incoming freshman at Yale University. She was the 2023 Wisconsin JEA Student Journalist of the Year from Madison East High School in Madison, Wisconsin. Hi, Kajada. Well, hi, Mark. It's nice to speak with you today. Cool. So let's start out by talking about some basics. Where you're from, I mentioned it already, Madison, Wisconsin. But can you tell us about like where you've lived and tell us about your family? Yeah, so I was born and raised in Madison, but my parents are both immigrants from Guinea who moved to Madison from New York in 2003. Okay, did they have any background in journalism or writing or anything that has led you in the direction that you're headed? Not really. Both of my parents are kind of science, health-oriented people, so not so much in the family connection there. All right, so then what's your journalism origin story? Where did it all begin? I never really thought about journalism or what it was before um, I started going to the Simpson Street Free Press, which is a youth newspaper here in Madison, Wisconsin. I really loved writing stories and telling stories, but I never really thought about the news or who was writing it or who was who was telling us about the world on TV and on paper and on the radio. But once I started at Simpson Street, I was kind of opened up to the world of what journalism was, what it looked like, and who were the journalists. And that's where it all really began. And how old were you when that happened? I was about 11 years old. Oh, okay. So you've been into journalism for uh, quite some time already. Uh, Was there a turning point moment for you to say, hey, this is what I want to do? Like, was there something that happened along the way? I wouldn't say that there was a moment, but it happened actually quite a while after I actually started doing journalism. It was more maybe a few years ago when I was kind of thinking about what I might want to do with my future. And I thought really deeply about the writing, the storytelling that I was doing in the community with Simpson Street and with other organizations. And I realized that I kind of fell in love with being able to tell the stories of the people in my community and to to be in service to them through writing and through storytelling. And I guess it was more a culmination of lots of experience and lots of opportunities to see what journalism is about, but not exactly like a pivotal moment. Or you were a teen editor for Simpson Street Free Press, too. So you did the writing aspect and the editing aspect, which means, I suppose, that you were editing the people that were essentially you five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago. How did you explain journalism to someone that was considerably younger than yourself? Yeah, (laughs) that's a really good question. I think a lot of what my job was, was first having relationships with the younger students and using the expertise that I had 
once being in their shoes, right? And not really knowing what journalism was or or how to go about doing journalism. But um, I think most of the most of the young people that come through Simpson Street come in not really knowing what it's about, not really knowing what um what it'll be like. But you know, through um the help of teen editors, I think it's I think what's most important for for young writers to understand about journalism and what I tried and what I hope <laughs> that the young people that I worked with now understand about journalism is that you're not writing for yourself, you're not writing for school, you're not writing for an assignment when you are writing for journalism. You're writing for your readers, you're writing for the community, you're writing for the public. Whether their story was about polar bears or the first library in the world or a new exhibit at a museum or the zoo or whatever they were writing about at their varying levels of um, experience that they're writing that in journalism you write for others you write for others to learn and experience and um, understand the world around them and I think that was something that was really important for me to learn and something that I hope that young writers as they go as they explore journalism kind of come to find on their own as well. So I'm looking at your student journalist of the year portfolio, and I want to ask about a couple of stories. And these were done again for entities outside of your your high school. I know that that they didn't necessarily have the full resources, journalism wise. You wrote about the Africa Club at Madison East, and what was the experience of writing about something that seemed very personal to you? Yes. Yeah, so this was a story that I wrote for the East Side News, which is a community paper. Um, on Madison's east side and the Africa Club story was so I mean it was really important and it was really fun getting to know just another side of of East High School and the students there a lot of students that I knew and were friends with it was an important story in that I thought that Africa Club and what Africa Club did was kind of overlooked at our school and in our community. And even I, at some points, was kind of like, well, it seems like Africa Club is more just like a social space for African students to like meet each other and talk over lunch. But in writing this story, I learned a lot more about the purpose of Africa Club and and what they do. And it's a lot more than just a, a sit and chat club. And um, it meant a lot to me to be able to tell that story as well as an African student from East, telling the stories of other African students at East whose experiences I didn't necessarily share. So that story was I mean, it was a really important story to me, and I'm really glad that I was able to to put some of um, these students and these teachers' voices out there in the community. 
it definitely stood out uh, in your portfolio. The other story that I wanted to point out was about a local record shop that's distinct. Can you uh, walk us through that one from initial idea to finished story? Yes. So this one was also an East Side news piece. And I was kind of just told by the editor, there's this brand new record store on the East Side. Go see what it's about. And it was it happened to be right next to East. So it was really accessible, but I, when I first got this story, I immediately went online and started looking into what this place was, what is Boneset Records, and there was already a bit of publicity about the record store before I wrote about it. So I kind of combed through all of the news pieces that were already out and kind of, I took notes on what I was noticing and the consistencies within each article, but then also looking for what gaps I could fill in what the news pieces weren't giving, weren't giving me as a reader. Things that I was wondering more about, about who was running this, this space and what Boneset Records was about. And so then I took, I borrowed one of the cameras from, that we used for yearbook from school. And um, I headed over to um, Boneset with my two younger sisters actually. And they kind of just perused the space while I talked to Maggie Denman, who was the owner of Boneset Records. And I usually like to keep my interviews pretty informal so that the person that I'm interviewing feels feels comfortable and feels like they're they're in a place, they're talking to someone that they trust to be able to tell their story. And we just had a really interesting back and forth kind of conversation about what brought her to start Boneset Records and why it was so important for her as to be one of the first or the first woman-owned, person of color-owned record stores in Madison. And then after that, after the interview, I was kind of one of another one of the parts of doing this story for the East Side News was taking photos and I was still learning about photography through a yearbook class, through my yearbook class at school. And I had a lot of trouble getting candid shots because I was, I, I, I got really anxious at the idea of like, just like taking pictures of people without them knowing. And so Denman, she was, she was really cool about it. And she said, we could do some like fake candid photos first so that you can get a feel of just taking photos and so she like fake posed for me for some of them and then when I kind of got the hang of it and she had some customers coming in and things then I just started taking pictures of of her of the space which was a really eclectic really fun nostalgic place in 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 a basement where people wouldn't have found it but after kind of gathering what all that I could about the the ambiance of the record store, 
gathering what I could about Denman, about her story and the notes that I had previously taken on the record store before going in for my interview, I kind of just sat down and started drafting. And this part of writing is sometimes really rough because I expect it to be perfect before before it gets any edits or any rev- like revisions and but it's really just about just getting something down on the paper and letting whatever happens afterwards happen afterwards um but I got a draft down and I showed it to a few people um got some good revisions on it and then sent it into the editor and that was it but that was a really really fun story because I had I really loved going to all of the record stores in Madison and um, that one, that bone set records, it was really, it was really exciting. I think she was open only a couple weeks when I came in to talk to her, but um, she actually just recently um, closed bone set records and moved to Milwaukee. So um, but she's still pretty involved in in Madison and comes down to do pop-ups at, with Boneset Records every so often. So it's still nice to see yeah. what she's what she's what she's made out of her business. And I looked at the photos. The photos look good. And I'm looking and you've kind of got like this nostalgia beat thing going because you also did a piece about an arcade that uh, has 80s and 90s video games called Nerd Haven. Where again, you've got a, a picture of someone playing an arcade game and you can see all the old school, at least old school for you, that was my childhood for me, <laughs> video games that are in the background. So that's cool that, that you got to do kind of, you kind of got to establish that as, as a beat. What other internships have you done? My very first internship was with the Dane County Land and Water Resources Department in um, <laughs> which is a hand which is a mouthful back when I was just going into seventh grade I think so it was really interesting working with this was through Simpson Street and um, I worked with a lot of students that were much older than me um, including a couple that were graduating high school but being that young and working with them as peers and not just like a like a little kid was was a really interesting experience and I never considered myself to be an environment buff I knew what little that I knew about things like climate change and more general topics but in that internship I learned a lot more about the environmental issues that were affecting our county specifically. By the end, I knew an odd amount about phosphorus pollution and runoff and invasive species and blue-green algae and all sorts of things. It was, it was, that was my first internship experience. And I learned so much in that in that setting and from those people. And we actually did a series where we interviewed county, like employees in the, in the department to learn more about what their jobs were. And they were just 
such a huge array of of different roles and different positions that people that people worked in to to try and solve the problems that were kind of and still are affecting our county after that so I did a week at the Cap Times the year afterwards um, where I wrote small blurbs about upcoming events in Madison and I just got to see kind of what the inner workings of a newsroom were like and then the following summer I interned at the Madison Magazine and in terms of internships that's it but sounds like you very much taken advantage of all the things that the city has to offer certainly. And I noticed, too, that you've tried a lot of things uh, in your portfolio. You had TV reporting, yearbook, photography, layout, magazine cover design. You made a documentary. What are the things that you most like doing? I I really think that I like all of them. I I never really intended, like there wasn't really an intention behind doing every single one of those things besides the fact that I kind of just wanted to. And um it's it's been so fun learning how to learning how to convey a story in so many different mediums and i think that's really important to be able to do to be spontaneous and to be flexible and to in many ways just be a jack of all trades and be able to adapt but, you know, I like them all for different reasons. I really like writing because it's what I know best and it's what I'm the most used to and it comes to me the most easily. But I love TV and film broadcast in general because it's a lot different from writing, being able to tell a story visually and through sound and just being able to bring together so many different elements when it comes to making making a production. And a lot of that I learned this year in my advanced video production class, which is also our school TV show, The Tower, Tower TV. So that was fun. And that was a lot of like documentary style filmmaking that involved a lot of research, which is Another thing that I really loved about about documentary and things like that is just the element of of research and diving into the past and kind of trying to trace where the present comes from. And yeah, I mean, I I really love all of them for for lots of different reasons and magazine magazine covers and layout design kind of just it activates the creative part of of me. I mean, all of them do, but that more in that I also consider myself to be an artist. So that's another way for me to inject that into my journalism practice. That's great. And this is certainly the the time in your life that uh, you should be doing that. And so it's, that's a great example for, for others. Try everything. I wanted to 
comment or I wanted you to comment about something that I read on your uh, website. You said we make mirrors and windows out of ourselves to shape the world we want to see for the people who matter most. A commitment to diversity, to identity, is a commitment to my community. My work is a dedication to the people, my people. You're a young Black African Muslim woman. Uh, how has that impacted what you write about? I think just going back to what I wrote about windows and mirrors, having a marginalized identity, I didn't really see much of myself in the media and in, in, in the media in general, but also that whenever I happened to, it often wasn't positive. The media is very skewed. It's very biased, biased in ways that it still is trying to deny. And my identity affects how I go about telling stories by it 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 gives me it gives me perspective. It gives me I write what I write about for everyone. But I keep certain people in mind. I keep my younger self in mind when I write what I write about. People are always going to be, people have been excluded from the stories that we see in the paper and on TV and on radio, etc. And until each of those, every voice is included, we will never get to the truth. And as journalists, our, our mission is to tell the truth. And so my marginalized identity, my identity as a Black Muslim, Black African Muslim woman, isn't necessarily a, a drive to exclusively tell Black Muslim African women stories, but rather it's motivation to make sure that we're represented and to make sure that that the whole truth is is represented because that's what the people need. That's what the public needs, the whole truth. And there are always going to be perspectives that are not being heard. And it is our job to make sure that they're heard. What is the best part about being a journalist? The best part is just being able to get out and talk to people and meet people. I love learning about the people around me. And I've lived in Madison my whole life. And there are so many people that I would have never thought about approaching and talking to and hearing their story and finding the connections because that is also one of the best parts is finding connections between people, between places, between institutions, systems. It's just a constant process of discovery. And I, it's just, the ultimate satisfaction for 
this almost infinite curiosity, right? That there are always questions that you can ask and it might take you a while to get the answer. The answer might not be immediate, but you can keep digging and digging and digging and digging and digging. And sometimes that's not a good thing, <laughs> but I think that for me, as someone who, who is always asking questions and always trying to talk to people, that journalism and the process of getting questions answered is just amazing. What will you be studying at Yale? I am not sure what I'll be studying as of now, but right now I'm kind of leaning towards something like history or sociology. But <laughs> right now I'm kind of just thinking that this might be my time to explore a little bit about what I really want to do. Yale doesn't have a journalism program, otherwise I would probably do that. But yeah, so I'm just, when I get there in the fall, I'm kind of just going to float around a little bit and see what really captures me and then go along with that. But I do want to continue doing journalism outside of class at one of the very many student publications that they have down there, but also thinking a little bit about starting my own. Uh, how optimistic do you feel about the future of journalism and its place for you? This is a tough question. I would not say I'm necessarily optimistic. I'll say that I'm optimistic about how we can adapt to what journalism will be in the future. I'm actually kind of excited to see how how we're going to change because journalism is obviously not the same as it was even five, six years ago. Um, but we are constantly changing and adapting to what journalism is and what the needs of the people are and what the needs of the people that consume journalism are. But I think especially in the past five, six years, the, the turn that we've seen take with how people consume journalism is concerning to say the least, but I'll stay hopeful for what the journal, what the relationship between journalism and the people is. Um, I don't know how that will change and adapt and, look like, but I will confidently say that I am optimistic for how we'll adapt to those changes and start to repair the relationship between the press and the people, which is a relationship that has been around since the beginning of this country and an important one. I'm on the fence, but we'll see. That's perfectly fair. All right, last question. We ask this of everyone. We salute you for the good work that you do. That's why the show is called The Journalism Salute. And we ask that you do likewise. Is there a journalist or journalism organization that you would like to salute for its good work? I would like to 
salute. All of the early Black publications in America and around the world that unapologetically um, catered to the needs of their communities and became pillars in their communities for, for political and social change, but also just places where spaces, institutions that people could rely on to find, to find community with each other. And I am constantly inspired by the work of early Black journalists and early Black storytellers, even if they were not journalists, in their commitment to the truth and their commitment to their communities. And so I salute the early Black pioneers of journalism. All right, Kajadaba, thank you for taking the time to join us. Uh, best of luck uh, in your pursuits at Yale. We look forward to following your work. Thank you, Mark, for having me. Thank you for listening to the Journalism Salute. Please let us know what you think of the show. You can find us on Twitter at JournalismPod, and you can email us at journalismsalute at gmail.com.